All right, Tetris is absolutely burning up the charts on all platforms. Arcade cabinet is crushing it. The home console versions selling like fucking hotcakes. Uh, don't get me started on the Game Boy version, which is moving hardware all by itself. We need a killer puzzle game to compete with Tetris. I'm taking any ideas. We can blue sky this thing. Okay, yeah, let's see. Um, so what if it's like, it's like, um, you see like a singular plane, right? And uh-huh. there are... Um, Love this so far. There are like these like pieces that are falling. And you have to put them together and make like a line. Uh-huh. And uh oh, that's Tetris. And what what shape are these pieces? I'm Not, sorry. I was, yeah, I was, thinking, I, I was, I was just gonna say Tetris. I was gonna try to bail you out by I was gonna try to bail you out by saying like maybe they're different shapes, but it seems like you were just pitching Tetris. That's okay. No, but we, we could but that's a good note. Maybe they're they're um huh. They're maybe they're rectangular. Is that different enough? I mean some of the pieces are rectangular. If you want to be pedantic about square hmm. rectangle, but yeah, they're they're already okay. Well, I'll just you know it's already the uh, game. You want an idea, so I'll just think. Hey, uh, hi, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, don't I don't actually work here. I was just uh, I had a coupon for the cafeteria in the building. I thought my name's Dougette, but I couldn't help but hear you guys pitching ideas for Tetris. I want you to know on my resume, I've been fired from many game companies, so I feel singularly uh-huh. positioned for this, but. Do you mind if I pitch? Uh, please, uh, Dougette. I mean, you know, All might right. as well while you're here. If you, if you, we'll compensate you if we use it. All right. It. So you see, like parts of a dog. Okay, like its hind legs and its yeah, snout, its guts and its like little eyes and oh. stuff. And it, the puzzle mm. is, how do I get this put back, put back together? So we're trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm inferring what you mean. We're trying to reassemble a dead dog. That's what I'm picturing. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, like something like that. Maybe there's like a music playing so that it's not grim and it's playing happy birthday. So, <laughs> so you well, you know, pal- happy birthday is not yet in so the public you, domain. So we cannot well, use yeah, that. Okay, that's so a, yeah. a, a happy birthday like. Like a, so a song sure. that evokes happy birthday. Like it's like happy There's birthday. There's really only one. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. And you're putting together the dog. Well, look, I don't I don't hate it. I think we have to get away from some of the more graphic elements. Maybe it's like a pinata you're no. stuffing. Or maybe it's a did you say no? Was that just a hard no? That's not my vision. Okay, well, I mean, this game would have to be for all ages, so... But thank you, Dougette. That's Feel free to go to the cafeteria now. No, I got some more. If you want. But I feel like the employees oh, should, have, okay. should have a say. Sir, do you have any other ideas for a puzzle game? Yeah, Matt, you got another okay, idea? Okay, so what I'm thinking of is it's like um, a skeleton of a human man. Okay? It's sort of a, mm-hmm. a jumping off f- from the dog one. And there's pieces falling, and you have to put them on the correct spot of the skeleton. So like there's like um 
organs and 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 stuff like that and then also like his like hog and you have to put it like where his hog goes okay i'm gonna cut you out yeah it's okay this is it, clearly your mind was poisoned by dougette's pitch which i am rejecting uh and i you're, you're just pitching like a an even less appropriate version of it we can't it's do not it hard corpse my turn bottom of the screen you say the game's not hard to make, or are you saying the the but, quote unquote hog you reference? Yeah, is not it's not. Hard? It's like it's not pornographic if it's yeah, yeah. I think you should make. Hard. I think All you right. should make that guy's game. No, we're not. We're not. Doing I think that you game. should make we're that guy's that game. game and mine. And my my pitch is this: at the bottom of the screen is um, a face, like a profile of a face, eight bit graphic, and the face just keeps going. I'm so thirsty. It's got like a speech bubble. I'm so thirsty. And there's like a Ziploc bag above the head with like a pinhole in it. So like, and then you have like a, a huge array of liquids on the side of the screen and they keep falling and the liquids are like not good. So it's like urine mm -hmm. or like spider poison and you have to make something that this, the face can drink without dying and the rest goes on the face. You have to choose whether it goes in the bag or not. Uh, Matt, I'm going to ask you to just take like a, le a personal leave of absence just based off of today. And then, Dougette, I'm going to ask you to fill out some start paperwork uh, so I can officially fire you because I know you're not actually an employee here. That's really hard to hear because off of that pitch, I do have an idea. Uh -huh. But it sounds like you don't want to hear it, and I'm being stifled creatively. Uh, well, I mean, we might I'll as well. We might as well idea. hear it. So, like, the game is like, it's like a human man's like ball sack, right? I'm in. Okay. I'm right, in. This... And like, this I'm meeting's in. over. This I'm meeting's in. over. We drop blocks to clear lines and watch Taron Edgerton play an Indonesian guy in Tetris, the movie, the podcast, this week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with our fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger. I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone, and happy 200th episode, baby. Happy 200th episode here on the premiere video game podcast. We used to be, how did this get played? And then... We switched to get played. That's right. And that's what you're listening to now. You are getting played. That's edge. How it is. Oh, I brought shit. it back. Ooh, he said I it. I brought shit. it back. I said edge. Uh, welcome I kinda, back. I kind of half sold it. Welcome back, Bucket. Oh, wow. She said it. It's back. It's back. Okay. Here's where I would say edge. Wow. I think we had a little, little too much business up top. Hey, it's okay. Hey. <laughs> hey, can I drop by and say hi to everybody? Wow, Whoa. it's Ash. It's me, Ash Ketchum. Hey, everyone out there, go fuck yourself. All right, Whoa. see you later. Ash. Whoa. Hey, but you know what? Efficient. Yeah, I got the job done. Just kind of hey. tossed a grenade in here. Hey, Ellie, is that this 200th episode you're looking for? 
Wow, is that wow? It's Joel for The Last it's, of Us. It's Joel from The Last of Us. <laughs> Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> if everybody's dropping by, I think it's time to say hi. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's he's back. He's the fucking Resident back. Resident Evil Four Merchant has returned. How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing okay. I mean, like, I gotta be honest. I fucking miss you. We miss you so much. We thought that we're, we'd reached a point where we're just like, oh man, this is kind of uh, just a, an annoying sort of hassle we have to deal with at the top of every show. And then we reached a point where we were like, you know what? I think uh, this was an essential cog in the machine called Get Played, the Resident well, Evil merchant's presence. Well, that's, that's nice to hear. Uh, it also sounds like Stockholm Syndrome, just to be frank. But uh, hmm. I miss yeah. you guys too. I've had a couple of business ventures that haven't gone well in my absence. Uh, Do were tell. you like s- selling like a black bass under a trench coat? Well, what was going on? Well, I, yeah, I tried to stick to my own uh, strength, Got which it. is merchanting, of course, not, not podcast guesting. I uh, started a, a little business where I was doing some. Uh, Secondhand market prescription drug selling. Okay. Uh, then Definitely I invented illegal. a new a new kind of TV dinner where every one of the little slots is macaroni and cheese. Uh, but okay, I was so using the old. You don't need a slot for that. Then huh? I think you could just have the whole. Yeah, just the whole one thing big tray. Be. Like that already exists. Also. Yeah. Like, like some a mac, and cheese, mac and cheese dinner. Yeah. So here's the mistake I made. Uh huh. One, you're right on everything you just said. Two, I thought I could package it in with a Capri Sun like a Lunchable. Turns out a hot Capri Sun, not delicious. No, no. That straw's going to melt right to the bag, too. That's that's tough stuff. At minimum, you'd need a way to remove that. There's a class action lawsuit against me right now. But it's nice to see you guys. It's great to to see you. I'm here to ask one question. Here it comes. What are you playing? Wow. Wow, he said it. He fucking said it. Also, in case you're wondering why I'm in a cast, I broke my arm trying to slam dunk. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask because it felt invasive, but thank you for clarifying. You're trying to slam dunk? I'm canonically like seven foot two. You are very large, yeah. So I thought thought maybe I'd aim for the NBA in in this second... Uh, era era of my career. Sure, usually that's oh, flipped. Usually, yeah. someone like starts like, "Hey, I'm gonna be a pro athlete when I'm young and have my best, you know, years of of physicality." And then on the back end of my life, that's when I'll maybe go into sales. He's in his business. He, he's in his NBA era. Well, yeah. I'm not. I I uh, I went to the tryouts, which wow. uh, which yeah, it, you know, they were like, "Well, look at this guy. He's." He's got he's got this much hops with that much gear, uh. But I yeah, I opened with a slam dunk and <laughs> just broke my arm in the in the in the hoop. I I'm impressed say, you can even dunk. Well, yeah, I, I was can't. gonna say the idea of you even jumping high is like for some reason frightening. Well, if you're seven, if you're talking, you're seven two, seven three. I mean, you're you're probably your standing reach is close to ten feet already. So. Uh, my my shoulders are are uniquely hinged. Okay. So they 
they come up to about elbow height. So I had to, I had to get my, my hops required me to get my head a full two feet above the hoop. Wow. Yeah, that is an incredible amount of leaping for someone your size. And sort of and sort of dunk from the stomach area. Right. Huh. Uh hey, uh Risen Evil Merchant, remember what we said earlier about how like we missed you? Uh I'm gonna take that back. Holy shit. That's all right. I won't be here for long. Okay. Uh, I already asked a question. Why didn't you answer? Uh, happy to. Well, I, there was a little tangent about a cast, and I don't think either of us started. <laughs> no. But maybe I'm, I'm Matt. Maybe you started it. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I. I don't uh, think it came from either of us. Said that you have a cast. What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah. What's going on with your cast? I think that was volunteered. Well, I was. I was waiting for it. And then when you did, what are you playing? I'll start, and and Matt, I think you can chime in on this, because yes. I think we are the two who have seen the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's right. Uh, I'm imagining that most of our audience, or a large part of our audience, has seen the movie by the time this episode comes out, two weekends after the movie's release, because it seems like everyone in America is seeing this fucking thing. Yeah. Highest uh, grossing well, animated film uh, release ever. I will be I will be still I think we should we should stay spoiler light and like not really like, you know, yeah. not that there's much to spoil in this in this movie. I feel like you can kind of if you know the narrative of a Mario game, you can, you know, d- divine what's going to happen in this this movie version of it. But uh, just to share our thoughts, I'll be honest. I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Here's, I, had, I had a blast. And here's the thing. I didn't I didn't not enjoy myself because mm-hmm. I went in very low expectations because I sort of just had the had a feeling that um, it was going to be just exactly what it is, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to be reinventing the wheel at all um, or, like, have, like, the sort of, like, hooks that, like, other animated films that I enjoy seem to have, you know, like... Um, but I, I I did enjoy it. I mostly just kind of thought it was fine, like only because it is just very much exactly what you think it is. It's not like they, there's no they didn't take any like big swings or anything. It's just it's I I my biggest criticism of it, if I have one, mm-hmm. is I kind of just wished I was playing Mario at home instead, because um, I was just like, well, I'd rather just be doing this sure. myself. It seems like. I would just rather do that. And then I did do that. I went home and played some Super Mario 3D World. Um, and I, I I do think it has the just the problem of like any sort of type of these movies where you have like the main characters sort of just being like, what is all this the whole time? And so I do think a second entry in the franchise will be better because sure. you don't have to spend all that time learning the rules you can just get straight into it they'll be competent in the world that they're in and uh not be so confused all the time you know what i mean i i I totally get that and i think that's valid and i will say that like you know the one issue i had with the movie is something that's just like i just take for granted as part of uh, the of the illumination sort of you know uh, the overall aesthetic which is yeah. that the, is that these really on the nose needle drops 
Like it's like they've yeah. got like the kill Bill, the kill bill song like happens early on. It's just like that's just like su- like such an overused needle drop. I saw that in like a Benny Hanna commercial ten years ago. Uh, there's there's like there's a song that they use. There there's like like ACDC's Thunderstruck comes on during the cart races, and I was like, I've seen this for used so many times. Heard this used so many times. Yeah, in, in this sort of specific context for some sort of like motoring uh, that's going on. Uh, and and then and then the uh, there's like a there's a couple of tracks that Natalie was like, oh, uh, uh, I need a hero. Send me a hero. Uh, that song that kicks in at a certain point. And Natalie's like, they use that in Shrek. Yes. Which is like, <laughs> it's one thing to pull from Kill Bill, but to just pull from a, like a DreamWorks animated film that's, all, that's one of the you know most well-known animated franchises in recent memory, uh, it just feels a little bit too, too close for, uh, for comfort. All that said, the story is breezy. Uh, it's a tight 90 minutes. I think Pratt's performance, which we've made fun of, including, you know, like we, the gaming community has made fun of, and we have made fun of it on this podcast in particular, actually works in the context of this movie. I yeah, think it's like completely he's, fine. it's totally fine. The game and yeah. Charlie Day play off of each other well, and he is a good actor. Uh, and the thing the thing that I think the, the movie, the, the the my defense of the movie is... A film, especially an animated film, is something that you look at, and it is a gorgeous yes. bit of animation. It just is. It just is filled with joys for the eyes. It's just absolutely, and if you just appreciate it on that level, it's a gorgeous realization of the of the Mario franchise that <laughs> stays true uh, to the existing character designs. And yeah, I know that they've got a bunch of baked in, you know equity in the 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 way the Mario characters and the Mario worlds have been designed but they stay true to that and they expand upon it and they realize it in in motion in ways that uh you know uh it, 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 that takes advantage of that and I, I think that's to the uh, that's to the film's credit I think in particular it does a great cinematic job of capturing the kinetic joy of platforming. Yes. There's some sequences like the training sequence where there's like a, a training course uh, of, of basically here's all the platforming stuff that you know from the Mario games and and Mario has to go through this to prove his metal. Like that sequence I think is just like so fun to look at and there's more of that that's called uh, back throughout. I don't know. I I just really loved it as a as a to use a cliche is a feast for the eyes it's one of those and it's just like and and the combination of that plus the the mario stings uh you know the scoring that uses the koji kondo elements i think all really works it was just the needle drops they found alienating and i know i'm usually out of the segment by this time Uh but i want to i want to just i feel like we should we should stop using the phrase feast for the eyes well i admitted it was a cliche before i said it you know no 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 because i like it you're going to confuse a couple of people. For example, I once tried to get an entire turkey leg into my eyeballs. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you're not supposed to eat like that. Yeah, that's you just interpret Why would you call it a feast for the eyes? Oh, my God, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Literally. No, um, I was going to say, everyone's been saying this about yeah. it. Shit Shit's for the mouth. What? Jesus Christ. What the hell? Shits for the mouth? I Feast hate for the eyes. I Shits hate for the mouth. Completely 180 on what I was saying earlier. I yeah. hate him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on Reddit and... Uh... 
just start <laughs> let my fingers do the blasting. Uh, ruining the 200th episode minute by minute. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't hate you. Um, Jack Black is so good in it. And he's great. I just, I just love Jack Black every time, no matter what. He's just got my number. I just think he's the best. I love Jack Black. The national treasure. A national treasure. And a you gamer, can tell too. Was, yeah. And you can tell he was having an absolute fucking blast doing it. And the song, there's a song that he sings that's all over TikTok now uh, that everyone's going nuts for. It's one of the best parts of the movie. It's very funny. There's some yeah. good jokes. There's some jokes that land. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's that's one of them. I think it's, that's that part's like, like super funny. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the... The other thing is that they they figured out the logic of power ups in like movie terms and kind of put them in like, okay, here's how a power up works. You take one. It's the rules that exist in the game, but they have to like explain it a little bit more because, you know, for uh, for gamer for non gamers who are in the audience, just having some context of what they're seeing. And yeah. I think it makes sense. And I think it works for this the story that they tell. Uh, or or the story beats where they take advantage of power ups. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a defender. I'm I I like this a lot. I'm I will 100 see it again. I would like to watch it again too. And I look forward to future entries in the uh, Nintendo uh, cinematic universe. Uh, I I'd like I'd like to see more. Um, the rumored Donkey Kong spinoff. I'd love to see that. You know, I'd love to see a Luigi's Mansion movie. I'd love to see. A lot. And, you know, if this culminates in a Super Smash Brothers movie of some kind, great. I don't know how Illumination would do Metroid. They or, would not be the right the, yeah. the right team to handle Metroid. I would say that, and I'm a fan of Illumination. You can yeah. see there's a minion in my, it, 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 you know, in my tableau here on the video chat. That's right. I am going to say that, speaking of Kong, there's a bit of canon that gets oh, yes. tampered with in here. Cranky Kong, a.k.a. the original Donkey Kong, has long been established as Donkey Kong's, the current uh, red tie-wearing Donkey Kong's grandfather. That's right, yeah. In the Mario movie, Cranky Kong explicitly says, Donkey Kong is my son. So they've removed a generation. They've eradicated Donkey Kong Jr., his dad, Donkey Kong's dad, from the canon. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a it's a wild decision. What I wonder if they'll correct it or some you know get Fred Armisen back in the booth. Do you think that there's a possibility that Nintendo is having emergency meetings succession style about that change in canon? <laughs> Donkey Kong's there, and he's just like, "Fuck yeah. off." <laughs> you, you fucked me. You fucked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, no appearance of, of for Wrinkly Kong, Cranky Kong's dead wife. Uh, I would have, have loved ghost appear. <laughs> I would have loved for her to have appeared as a ghost. Yeah, uh, and just like have it be fine and accept. That's why he's cranky. Yeah, he's haunted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all that said, I I I can't wait to see more. Um, because I think they did a a fine job on this one, and it can only go nowhere to go but up. I say. I, I'll say I'll I'll tell the story. I I um met one of the directors of the Mario movie years ago. This is not has nothing oh, to do wow. with, me, with me defending it. There's no way he remembers me, um or remembers this meeting. But uh, I 
I had a I was introduced to him. I was working on a different animated uh, project at the time, and he was over there at the same offices. And I was introduced to him. Uh, uh, the guy said my name. Uh, this is Nick Weiger. And the guy says, "Oh wow, the monster fuck! Wow, <laughs> he knew my my bit from Comedy Bang Bang, the monster fuck. That rocks. Uh, my recurring, uh, extremely detailed uh, and profane song about a monster orgy. Uh, that is something that- very funny." Is in the brain of one of the people behind the Mario movie. Uh, uh, I liked it. I, they should have given you a fun. special thanks for it. Yeah, they should have given me a special th- special thanks. <laughs> special thanks, the monster fuck. Guy. Yeah, in this PG uh, <laughs> film. Hi, this is Jordan Morris. Congratulations on 200 episodes of Get Played. I'm a little mad at you because of all the terrible Sonic games you've made me play, except for Sonic Frontiers, which is both good and bad. I can't enjoy erotic Sonic fan art anymore. Luckily, there's lots of nasty Banjo-Kazooie stuff out there. Thanks for the great show, y'all. Hey, Heather, Nick, and Matt. This is Shirako Dunlap. Uh, I played Ace of Seafood with you guys, and it was the best day of my life. (laughs) Um, So I'm just uh, calling to say happy 200th episode. Um, Thank you for changing the course of my life. Bye. Hey, Matt. Hey, Heather. Hey, Weiger, it's Oscar Montoya, and I just want to say congratulations on your 200th episode. That is a huge accomplishment. So many shitty games y'all played. Like, (laughs) are y'all okay? (laughs) I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for uh, letting me sit in with y'all and talk video games. It is my number one passion. Um... I always, always, always had fun uh, sitting in with you guys. I will never forgive y'all, though, for letting me play back in 1995. That game was absolute garbage. I mean, a survival horror game on the Switch? Yuck. Seriously, guys? No. But anyway, congrats on your 200th episode. Please play some good games once in a while. Y'all deserve it. Bye. Hi, Get Played. Heather, Nick, Matt, I cannot believe it's been 200 episodes. Congratulations. That is such a huge accomplishment. I can't believe you haven't been canceled yet. No, I'm joking. Um, I think the show is absolutely amazing. And I am so honored to have played a very small part in it by coming on and talking about a couple of games, including Psychonauts. Uh, That was my most recent episode. And since then, I have written The Art of Psychonauts 2. It is the official Psychonauts 2 art book that's coming out this year in the summer. Hopefully, Uh, you can pre-order it at imapid.com. That is a shameless self-plug. But I am so, so proud of everything you guys have created on Get Played. And I can't wait for 200 more episodes. Love you guys. Be good. Hi, Heather, Nick, and Matt. This is Mono. Sending you a congratulations on 200 episodes of Get Played. I so loved, actually hated the games I've had the pleasure of playing with you, my video game buds and Jesus. And I just want to use this opportunity to recommend Dwarf Romantic. Go play Dwarf Romantic. It's such a fun little weird game that I don't think anyone knows about. And it is consuming my entire brain. Here's to 200 more. See you in the video game verse. Hello, Heather and Nick. Matthew. This is friend of the pod, Cody Ziegler. 
just swinging by to say congratulations on 200 episodes of Get Played. I think you and I and all the listeners can agree that the best episode and their favorite episode was when I was on to talk about cyberpunk and how it absolutely bricked my PS5 two weeks into owning it. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Anyway, here's to 200 more episodes of Get Played, and I hope you appreciated me using my official radio voice. I love you. Uh, Heather, what are you playing? Why don't we cue that song, Apodaca? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of Fortnite News. I'm proud to announce the Attack on Titan Fortnite collaboration has begun. As of this record, this morning, but as of this release, two weeks ago, ODM gear was was brought into the game. You can launch yourself from trees, buildings, and attack with your swords from the sky, or you can throw your thunderbolt fucking missile things I've never seen. You can throw them, and they hit stuff, and they explode. They've also released three skins. Aaron Yeager, Mikasa, and... Levi, I think. Levi, yeah. Yeah, Levi. Um, I got to play two rounds of it this morning. Wow. Uh, landed on the island, immediately opened a box, a chat. Like I was, I was playing with uh with uh four or three Discord slash uh get played listeners. Uh, thank you guys for for uh for squatting up with me on such short notice. Landed immediately found ODM gear and was like, oh, I've got this fucking blasted at a group of people and was wiped out immediately <laughs> because I had no idea how to use any of it. <laughs> uh, but it was, um, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to playing with it a tiny bit more before I disappear on a two week break from Fortnite. Uh, the longest break I can possibly imagine. Wow. Well, I guess I am bringing my Switch, and you can play Fortnite on the Switch. Hmm. Not a great version, though. Yeah, but any version of Fortnite is a great version. Can you play it on your? Can you play it on mobile with a backbone? Is that an option? You can't play it on iOS. Oh, that's right. You can't of the play whole it on a Steam's, Mac. The whole, or not Steam Store, Epic Game Store controversy. Yeah, you could play yeah. it um, remote on Xbox with a. Um, I feel like. Playing it on the Switch locally would be better than cloud gaming it. Well, you I have mean, options. No, no option is great. And the truth is, maybe I should let it go for two months or two weeks. I should let it go. Just seems like such a missed opportunity for a little bit of Fortnite playing. Um, anyway, I, it was really good morning. That's that's all the Fortnite news. I haven't played video games at all, really, for the last few weeks, as I've uh, mentioned on the pod here. Um, I said, you know, I, I said, hey, I, I've got a, a bird app that I like. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Some come on. gamer. But yeah, that's um, that's all the Fortnite news that's fit to print. And uh, hey, guys, I think it's time to talk about the topic at hand. Well, I, I do want to. I, I do want to. I do have something else I want to talk about. But what? on Attack on Titan, real quick. Oh, okay. 
Um, I watched a, uh, I saw a meme of this today of uh, Levi. Uh, this was on the Attack on Titan subreddit. It's like, uh, uh, it's Levi and he's dancing to the um, uh, Megan Trainer song, Made You Look, which is just <laughs> like, it's the show is, if you're not familiar with the anime, it is so bleak. Yeah. And so fucking just, just, you know, you're all your favorites just re- like receiving the most punishing fates imash- imaginable. And then here he is doing it like one of the one of those characters uh, who's endured so much torment uh, doing a TikTok dance. It's like it's the equivalent of like the dad from the road. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's such a it's such a I don't know. It's what's great about the show about the um about the, 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 the Fortnite franchise. Yeah, yeah it's the, it makes no fucking sense. I mean, anytime I have the alien or the Terminator do any of those dances, it is it like the incongruity upsets your stomach a little because like you never want to see the alien swinging, swinging its hips and yes. like doing a little a little boob flash like a little shoulder move like <laughs> with its like second jaw unhinged and extended like it's two it's tongue tooth it's fucking it's it's wild love a fortnite love an attack on titan haven't seen uh beyond the first season i don't think um i've watched it all it's a lot um, it's, uh, I actually am tempted to get back in the same way that I did with, when Giannis appeared to log back into Fortnite and, uh, just claim, just get the characters, just blow some V bucks and then not actually play it. They fucking got me. <clears throat> uh, Matt, do you have anything else you're playing? Just, just this month's, uh, we play, you play really, uh, I've been sinking a lot of time into Resident Evil four, which we'll of course talk about uh next week um but other than that not a whole not a whole lot i like i said I, I played a little bit of uh super mario 3d world uh after seeing the mario movie and i hadn't played that in a long time and i had completed it but i have a couple stamps and a couple of uh stars that i didn't get so i've just kind of been going through some of those levels and that game is maybe one of my all-time favorite mario games wow and it's fucking awesome. I love it. It's so good, and it's not easy. It's what, what it's I, pretty challenging. What I like it's 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 really great three D platforming. What I like about another another thing I'll say to the movie's credit, like they're not just taking the the like most obvious pulls. Right. Like they're they're pulling from all parts of the franchise from all the different franchises. There's galaxy nods and there's three D world nods. There's stuff that's just you know it, it's all kind of in there. And from that yeah. standpoint, I really appreciate it because it came from a place of true deep fandom, I feel like, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. like intricate knowledge of the IP. Uh, well, Matt, I also know that you streamed some Resident Evil 4. I really did. Yeah. And I guess. I guess you were a bit of a stream daddy. I guess you could say that, couldn't you? It was me this time. Shout it's, out to Jordan for making that cue. Yeah, it's me. Thank, thank you, Jor- Jordan, for making that cue. <laughs> I I feel like it's going to be a lawsuit. 
Mm, in, we'll see. In, in like 10 years. <laughs> you'll, you'll look back on it. Jordan will look back on this and be like, maybe that wasn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did stream it. Jordan's, Jordan's in the chat. the chat. I've made a mistake. <laughs> uh, I, I streamed some of my playing of uh, Resident Evil 4 because I thought it would be fun to not only subject myself to uh, public uh, humiliation in the form of my being afraid, uh, but, right. you know, for other people's entertainment. And I think I did a pretty good job. There's definitely... Um, clips in that stream of me um being afraid uh and <laughs> i've noticed that when i was playing it when i hear something and don't see it yet my instinct is just to shout where <laughs> like, where is it <laughs> and then you see them and then like i i have no problem dispatching enemies though yeah which we'll talk about more i i've gotten comfortable i'll say i'm not too scared but i'm scared enough uh, we definitely have a lot to discuss on that game, which we will do next week with a very special guest uh, we're excited to have. Uh, I am going to uh, I'll, I'll say real quick uh, uh, in terms of what I've been streaming. I played this. Uh, I played a game called Unheard Voices of Crime. Uh, this is by developer Next Studios, and this is really highly regarded on the Steam store. And it was one of those things that, that was like three dollars on Steam sale. So I was like, oh, my God, I'll take a flyer on this. And it is a it is an acoustic detective game. What that means is that you are looking at like a top down, uh, you know, map of an area and you can go to different parts of that area. You can take kind of take your avatar and travel to different parts of those area and just hear like audio cues of what's happening. There are also like, you know. Stick figure representations of people uh, that, you know, very simple models that move around the environments as they're moving and you can follow their voices and track them as well. But you're doing all this to kind of solve a crime uh, by inferring what took place based off of all these overheard conversations. Mm -hmm. Some of them are between two people. Some of them are one side of a phone call. Uh, some of them are, here's one side of a phone call in this bathroom. Here's another side of this phone call in the stairwell and so have you. And, 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 and so, and what have you. And, and so eventually you're just trying to assemble all of these data points into a narrative of the crime that you're investigating. It is really fun. It's not ideal for streaming uh, because you have to listen very closely with, you know, like and intently. And so it's a little bit, you know, you, it, it kind of demands singular focus, which is not conducive to, to streaming. But it, it was it is a lot of fun to play. I will say playing through the first few uh, few missions in the game. It does have a lot of, and I think this is meant to be like kind of tutorial handholding. Like the voices are very broad, so you can distinguish char one character from another. So it's like, hey, it's me. I'm a Brooklyn guy. You know, it's like it's like really, really broad. I didn't even sound like a Brooklyn guy, but you get what I'm saying. You sounded um, like Mario. Uh, yeah, I sounded like Mario. <laughs> hey, it's me, Pratt Mario. <laughs> um, and uh, you, so I was just like, like, like the voices are very broad characterizations to try to help you distinguish them. And they've also things like, uh, like, come on, you know me. Uh, it, I steal umbrellas all the time or my name isn't Ulysses Cartwright. You know, it's just like people verbalizing yeah. things that you would never actually say to kind of give those those cues to the user. Uh, but it is a really cool design and a lot of fun. And if you're looking for something a little different, something a little ASMR, something a little moody and you hey, you like detecting, uh, maybe check it out if it's still on sale. 
It's, it's quite a bargain. Unheard voices of crime. Hey, Heather, Nick, and Matt. This is Jason Trier. Big congrats, 200 episodes. This is so exciting. Uh, hopefully next time you won't make me play Mario is Missing, one of the worst games of all time, and instead we could do something more fun like play The Legend of Zelda on CDI or uh, Bubsy, or maybe I could just stick nails into my eyeballs. Uh, either way, congrats to you guys, and let's uh, hope to come on again sometime soon. Hey, Heather, Nick, and Matt. This is Lauren Lapkus. Congratulations on 200 episodes of Get Played. That's just amazing. I have to say this show has changed my life because I have been playing that Star Wars game that we played when I was on every single day, all day, every day since I was on the show. So I've lost all my friends, family, and money, but... um, I really appreciate you guys having me on and thank you for introducing me to the world of that game because it is everything to me. I hope you have 200 more episodes or more. Bye. Hi, Heather, Nick, and Matt. This is Sean Diston. Um, Congratulations on 200 episodes of Get Played. Um, Guys, uh, love the podcast, love being on the podcast. Wanted to just describe three things I love about the podcast. Um, one, listening to Heather talk about uh, playing the Last of Us DLC and, you know, just feeling that sort of representation uh, in media that you love, you know, as a person of color, I resonated with so much and I thought that is S tier uh, podcasting, one of my, my all time favorite episodes. Um, Nick, I love that I made you say Edge. Uh, for a really long time. It was every time I listened, I thought it was very funny that I made you make your catchphrase the word edge. So, gosh. And when it got retired, I did feel slighted. But you know what? Uh, It's fine. I know it will come back at some point. I'm willing it into the world. And also, Matt, I love when you say stuff like um, uh, Mario in a porn would say, let's a come. So thank you so much, guys, for, for, for all the work that you do. And um, hey, you got played. Hi, Heather, Nick and Matt. Congratulations on 200 supersized episodes of Get Played. This is Jason Concepcion, a former guest on this fantastic podcast program about some of the worst video games ever created by the hands of humankind. It was truly an honor to discuss with you just some terrible video games with some of the smartest people around. That means you. Thank, uh, thanks for having me again, and congratulations, 200 episodes. Incredible achievement. Hey, Heather, Nick, and Matt, it's Zane Carney here. Man, you guys did 200 episodes, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure I've listened to more than 200, considering that I have Stitcher Premium and listen even to the anime episodes, which uh, I don't watch anime except for Full Metal Alchemist, but I just, I love your guys' take on things, and it's always so fun to get to spend a little bit of time while I'm pumping iron, lifting those weights, trying to get real yoked up, but not muscle mass. Uh, Anyway, I love getting a chance to speak with you guys and guest host and I hope I get to do it again someday just because it's so much fun and I get so excited talking video games with you guys but here's to 200 more episodes at least 
which I think mathematically is pretty close to that four years. So that's a real nightmare thing to think about. So gonna need four more years from you guys minimum to satiate my uh, my podcasting needs. Genuinely, genuinely love your guys' show. And it's such an honor and privilege to have gotten to share some time with you as guest host. And congratulations, you guys have done it and you continue to do it. Just do it. Go Nike, Edge or something. Oh God, thank you so much, everyone. Congratulations. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. Bye-bye. Wow, 200 episodes. Congrats get played. Congrats to Heather and Matt and uh, and and Nick. Congr- congrats, Nick. Congrats to Nick, too. I had a blast when I came on the show and played Cool Spot. Uh, I haven't played it since, but it was a great game. And you guys have a great show. And as someone who has uh, recorded 200 episodes with Nick... I just want to commend Heather and Matt for doing so. It's not an easy task. And uh, I hope that you guys are doing all right. And he, hey, here's to 200 more. Congrats, guys. All right, let's talk about today's topic. Tetris. Not the game. The 2023 Apple movie. I think we'll talk about the game a little bit. And also and also the game. Yeah. Beep, boo, doo, 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 it doo, would be insane to only talk about the movie. I've talked uh on this podcast before about my aunt being very good at Tetris when I was yes. a kid. Uh that I mean, that was my first what was your first exposure to Tetris, boys? It was on a Game Boy. I think it honestly was a was a display kiosk Game Boy, and I think and then I think that motivated me. We did, I did not have a Game Boy as a kid, but I asked for Tetris for NES for Christmas and played the shit out of that thing. Love Tetris on uh, love that eight bit Nintendo version of Tetris. The 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 one published by Nintendo. I for the life of me don't recall my first experience with Tetris. It's just been ever present in my life in the same way that like Ronald McDonald was or like uh, Santa or something. You know know what I mean? It predates your birth. Yes. Like Heather and I were alive for the beginning of Tetris, but this is it's this was a thing that was always around. Uh, I had a I actually am also remembering the Tengen, which is what Atari rebranded at Tengen had an arcade cabinet for Tetris. Mm. And I remember seeing that at the arcade. I don't remember what sequence it was, but I remember that being like, this looks different. I remember it, it feel looking and feeling like a different version of the Tetris than I was familiar with. But that those that that's definitely what my early my earliest memories is, where it was the Game Boy version, the NES version, and the, the Tengen arcade version. Something that I didn't realize, like I just like looking up um images of like early Tetris cartridges and uh like arcade cabinets and stuff. I know that its origin is Russian, and that's obviously like a big part of the movie. The box art is so Russian. They really leaned into it. Yeah. And this was, I guess we're kind of in the era of Glasnost. We're in the era of like, you know, this sort of detente period where Gorbachev, who's also featured in the movie and uh, is, uh, you know, opening... Uh, uh, the Soviet Union up and uh, a little bit more to the West. So there was a little bit less of Russophobia, 
you know, yeah, uh, there's a little bit less of the Cold War us versus them sort of thing. But it is it is interesting that it was so marketed as so explicitly Russian uh, during the Cold War or at least the end of the Cold War. Because I took a picture I was playing it on. I played the Game Boy version on my analog pocket and um, even in the original, there's a like a sprite version of like a Russian building. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it, but I think it's interesting. It certainly, as a child, it made Russia less scary. Mm -hmm. And even as a kid, you you were constantly being bombarded with this idea that these people you didn't know were going to nuclear weapon you to death. Right. And so, like, to turn that into, like, a little 8-bit song with a little, like, it's same with Zangief. I think Zangief and Tetris did more to... Um, sort of. What's the word I'm looking for? De-escalate. De-escalate. Also, uh, like if you if you've been caught doing something bad, rehabilitate. Rehabilitate yeah, sure. Russia, Russia's Russia's image in I the throw eyes Smirnoff of on that children. Too. Yeah, sure. Yes, sure. Heather, I think you're right, and about Zangief, and that's partly why I was so angry with Wreck It Ralph, in particular how it opened. Um, the whole thing, but the the uh, Wreck It Ralph, like th- its characterization of Zangief. It starts off as like, "I am Zangief, I am bad guy." It's like he's not a fucking bad guy. You don't know what you're. T- this is why I will I will take the Mario movie over something like Wreck It Ralph any day, and certainly over the Tetris movie, which we'll get to. They like it comes from a place of knowing and appreciating the source material, mm-hmm. whereas clearly Wreck-It Ralph was like, ah, let's make a video game movie. Ah, I don't know. Zangief will be in there. Ah, Zangief, I'm a bad guy. He's got to be a bad guy, right? He's Russian. He's not he's not bad. He's a good guy from Russia. That's just your internalized fucking Cold War value system. And. And it's a fucking candy movie. That's the say, other thing about Wreck-It Ralph. It's not even really a video game movie. movie. It's, it's most, not a video it's, game movie. It's a candy movie. It stars a video game character, a fake video game character. stars a video character. game character, goes to a candy world, and then it stays in the candy world, and all the third act set pieces are about candy, not video games. Fucking candy movie. <laughs> Bullshit. I saw an early screening of that. Yeah. Uh, and I got to, like, give feedback, and I felt like a genius. <laughs> Like, I don't know why, like, I, I, it was unfinished too. So like, I saw like, like pre-rendered like animation for it and stuff. And they were like asking, there was a lot of kids there too. I don't know how yeah. I got to this. Uh, they're just like, they're like, what do the kids think about it? And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like it. It looks cool. I love Ralph. And I was just like, I think it's cool that the human character is a girl. I was like, that's, that rocks. <laughs> I was like, it'd be very easy for it to be a boy. And they're like, wow, that's a great uh, great feedback. I'm glad you, uh, you you thought so. I was like, yeah, I'm really smart. You're like 29. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, look, what can I say? I'm woke. I'm an ally. <laughs> uh, Sarah Silverbread plays Vanellope, and it, uh, Sarah's a. Yes. Re- I've worked with her. Lovely person. Alan Tudyk is in it. King of Candy. One wonderful performance. John C. Riley, of course, who's funnier. There's a great cast. Nothing gets the cast. Jane Lynch. Like, Jane Lynch is Jane, there. Jane Lynch. Yeah, these are great. These are great performers. This is it's great voice work. It looks great. Great animation. I just feel like it's a candy movie. I haven't seen it finished. That betrays Zangief. I can't, yeah. I can't comment on the anima- animation, actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're, that's a tangent. This isn't the Wreck-It Ralph slash candy movie episode. This is the Tetris no, But um, we should probably uh, cover episode. Wreck-It Ralph at some point. Uh, maybe. We'll maybe. get too riled up. 
John S. Baird directed this and Noah Pink wrote this movie. It's interesting that it, when it's releasing, because there is another movie that that is out right now. Uh, I don't mean the, I don't mean the Mario movie. There's another movie that's about a a that's a, a, a very zeitgeisty um, uh, piece of 80s culture. Uh-huh. That and and the process behind uh, making that uh, like like bringing that to to uh, uh, fruition, and that is Air, the movie uh-huh. about the Michael Jordan um, line of sh- of footwear and eventually apparel uh, out right now. The Ben Affleck De- Matt Damon movie, which I think fucking rips. I think I Air is fucking it. terrific, and <clears throat> and it does not compare favorably to Tetris. Like I feel like Air is such a a better version of this sort of story. Here's the thing that I got to say about this as a as just like as a broad um idea yeah. um this type of movie is maybe one of my favorite genres of movie where it's just like piece of real thing that happened like piece of history yeah and you just I don't know I I'm having a hard time thinking about how to put this into words actually when the movie is about people just doing their job that's my shit I I love it. <laughs> like like uh, I was talking to you guys off pod recently about Argo, how I had never seen it before, and I watched it yeah. on a plane, and I was like, they're just doing their job the whole time. It fucking rules. It's so it's so good. It's obviously higher stakes because it's like a a bit of espionage. Um, but then there's like I'm trying to think like that or like the post or something. Uh, or they're just like love do- the post. The post rules. It sucks because yeah. the subject is bad. But like they're just like trying to get this story out, and I just think like that's like that's my favorite type of movie. Uh, people I love just doing I their love job. news. Yeah, I, I think I've said before that like one of my favorite types of movies is newspaper movie. Yeah, for that specific reason, just like people doing their jobs. Do you think if movies still exist in fifty years, that the newspaper mm-hmm. movie will just be about like a blog? I guess. I guess it would have to be about like breaking. I mean, like, because there are there have been more contemporary movies about journalism, uh, but I'm not sure how they they realize that aspect of it because it's not the same as like like it's very cinematic to go to the presses yeah. to yeah. stop the presses. That's a very cinematic me- like to 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 get the the headline that's printed and spinning into frame. Uh, you don't really have that equivalent with like the Huffington Post or even New York Times dot com or BuzzFeed. Sure. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess so. I guess the answer is yes. It'll probably be about Just like a podcast, like a video game podcast or something. <laughs> Stream Daddy, the story oh, of Get Play. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that'll no. be the rise and fall of the premier video game podcast. <laughs> Can we? You want to? You want to talk about? There's a couple of things I want to talk about. One is Please. there. There is a. There have been a lot of people online talking about how um, how inaccurate this film is to the actual Tetris story. But simultaneous to that, there is uh, an interview with um, Hank Rogers. uh, And the quote is, they captured what happened to me over a year and a half in two hours. And then uh, Alexei Pachnitov? I think it's Pajitnov. Pajitnov. Yeah. uh, says that was emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually a very truthful movie. So interesting. When when you are compacting a huge amount of time into a narratively satisfying film, you have to make changes to the story in order to 
tell a story that functions as a movie. It's the same way, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of biopics. It's the same way that when you're in a bar and you're telling somebody about something that happened to you, you don't include shit that wouldn't make the story good to tell to somebody at a bar. Yeah. Like you're not that like- That makes you a character. It makes you a sketch character to do that. Yeah. Like you'll be, you, you wouldn't be like, and then I had to deal with all this paperwork and I filled out a bunch of paperwork and you won't believe what happened to me at a, like if you're telling a story about like how you acquired a thing, you eliminate the part where you had to like negotiate a bureaucracy. Yes. Unless it's fundamentally interesting to, to include it as part of the story. Like I know that some of the characters have um, initial um, friction in the film that they didn't in real life because they were like compatible as people and we're just trying to figure out how to get things done. But if you don't have that friction, there's nowhere to grow. There's nowhere for the story to go in terms of like delivering it to an audience. The only other thing I want to say <laughs> is that Maxwell, the guy who's like the villain, like a cartoonish villain yes. in this film, like a Spider-Man. Well, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I'll be the like that guy. Yeah. In real life, that's Ghislaine Maxwell's dad. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like that characterization might be in the family of accurate. I don't have. Look, I uh, I think that what you just said is well argued. I don't have a problem with taking liberties with the, with the history. Like, I feel like that is like you were saying is oftentimes a narrative necessity. And hey, a movie I fucking love, The Social Network, is super guilty of that. Makes so many changes. Yes. Like completely invents a, a girlfriend character for Mark Zuckerberg that makes the movie more interesting. So like, I, I think that... Fucking dweeb can't get a real girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he... Uh, and it makes a story like, that I have a girlfriend. Uh, yeah, then you can just say whatever you want about me. That's fine. He's also like clever in the movie. Like he like has like all these like extremely, uh, you know, uh, uh, hyper articulate like Sorkin flourishes. Yeah. And then in real life when he's like at a uh, he's like testifying at, at at Congress, he's like, well, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Looked, fucking worm. Looks like a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, they like like I have no problem with any of that. I kind of my issues with the movie are. A, I think it's overly stylized. Like, I think all the pixel art interludes, I feel like yeah. are a little too twee and distracting. And, you know, it just kind of is thrown as they're like, ah, it's a video game, right? It's got that kind of stuff. Mm. But I also feel like the departures from the reality, uh, the actual story, make it less interesting. Because mm. there's a lot of shit that is, like, cool about the real story that they could have included. And it feels like they omitted or changed in order to, like accomplish the movie's central thesis, which is this weird, you know, I mean, it's not weird. It's on, it's very common in American media. It's like this hyper pro capitalist agenda, basically. Yeah. And that also completely changes the actual character of, of Alexei Pajitnov, who himself is not like this super, like uh, eventually immigrates to the U S but if you, if you look into his personal history was not a person who was felt like I'm oppressed by Soviet values. If only I could monetize my creation, like, and, and here it kind of, it, 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 it depicts him as this sort of dour glum, uh, you know, victim of socialism. I got to say, I something. Also, yeah, go on, please. 
and this is unfair. I think Taron Egerton is a great actor. Yeah. He's too handsome to be in this. Have you seen the real Hank Rogers? Also a handsome guy. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a cool guy. He's got like cool- he does not look like Taron Egerton. No. He's and too part handsome. of that is be part of that is that he is Indonesian. Yes. Which is a thing that they kind of nod at in the movie. Like they're just sort of like He's like he's like I'm 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 Dutch and I have some Indonesian heritage and I'm also and but it's raised in New York. You're like he just kind of like like yeah. throws it away. And I live in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's uh, I don't know. Like he's he's not just like a he's not just like a straight up white guy. No, which is kind of how he's depicted in the movie. Um, and uh, they gave him the Argo treatment. They argoed him a, a bit. I also think like like things like omitting Gumpei Yokoi, which I know they did to streamline it, but like the dude who invented the Game Boy, like could have been an element of this. Yeah. Uh, the way they characterize Minoru Arakawa as just kind of this like business guy functionary, when in reality he's like a super interesting dude, the president of an old president of Nintendo of America. First off, he's Hiroshi Yamauchi's son-in-law. That's how he got the job. Yeah. He married Yoko uh, Ara- uh, Yoko, who is uh, his wife Yoko Arakawa is Hiroshi Yamauchi's daughter. And like, that's like not touched on in the movie. They're just kind of like, ah, here's Howard and, and Arakawa. Those are the two who run the company. He also like is the person who came up with the idea for getting Tetris on the Game Boy. And here it comes from Hank Rogers be- going in and being like, oh, I'll, I'll program this on the fly to run the Game Boy. There you go. Look, isn't it perfect? Like Hank Rogers is kind of like this, uh, you know, this this kind of uh, a savior figure who goes and fixes every problem uh, and, you know, has influence over aspects of of design that he doesn't otherwise just because he's like the protagonist of this movie. But I don't know, like, what is why does it hurt to depict this thing? Uh, why does it hurt the movie to depict that accurately? I'll, I'll also say one other thing about Minoru Arakawa that I think would have been like a, every time I've read about this story, I've always been like, that would be a fascinating scene in the movie. And it's completely not even touched on. He has narcolepsy. Or had narcolepsy. Oh, I can't remember if he's if he's still alive. Uh, anyway, like he's he's narcoleptic. That's a big part of of his. There's a big liability for him in the business world. Uh, there's a story Howard Lincoln tells in this book, Game Over, Press Start to Continue, which I have right over here, uh, which t- which goes into de- depth on a lot of this about he was golfing with with Arakawa, and Arakawa just walked over onto the putting green, lied down, and like took a nap for twenty minutes, and then he stood up like nothing was unusual. Like he'll just fall asleep wherever. Whoa. So. While they were talking, Nintendo had conversations with Tengen, uh, a.k.a. Atari, uh, at the time about possibly them handling the NES port of Tetris. They ended up, Tengen ends up releasing like a bootleg cart, vers- uh, basically, and there's this huge lawsuit uh, that where Nintendo takes it off the market in favor of their own first-party version. While those negotiations are going on, Arakawa, at the meeting with Tengen, falls asleep because he's narcoleptic. And the Tengen side takes it as a great, an act of great offense. Yeah. And that, like, there's speculation that that's part of the reason they decide to go off on their own and kill the whole business deal. It's like, that's fucking interesting shit. These could be, this could be good cinematically. Why can't we, like, like if you wa- ha- want to have Hank Rogers be the protagonist who's never seen, just insert him in that meeting, but, like, at least keep that bit of context because that's something interesting uh, to, to watch and, 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 and try to uh, appreciate in terms of its uh, historical impact. Something that I think about, with like documentary series, there are usually too many episodes. They'll like tell a story over six episodes when it probably needed to only be like two. One hundred percent. I yes. do think this story probably works as a documentary. You could probably get two, maybe three episodes out of just the details of all of this. Like 
and just like from all the different angles and have them all culminate in the end or whatever. Um, I don't know if like every story like this needs to be uh, dramatized. I think you could just present it as facts and like a lot of these people are yeah. still alive. You can interview them and be like, yeah, that was fucking crazy. I, okay. I've heard everything you guys have said. And I think one, I feel I, I stand corrected about some of it, but I do think that there's, you can't get a lot of people to watch a documentary. That's true. And Unless I think it's Tiger that, King or something. that changing, changing these things to uh, dramatize them and then giving that story to a larger audience. I know that, I know that video games don't have to fucking prove themselves to the olds, but mm-hmm. I do think that the only way my mom is going to sit down and watch the story of Tetris and be like, oh, I guess video games are big enough deal that people's lives were almost at risk mm-hmm. is like, is like to provide the story. Oh, my mom watches documentaries. I didn't mean to make it sound like she didn't, but like my mom's adjacent friends. Like, sure. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a way to be like, oh, this, this is free on Apple. What's this? <gasps> Although then again, maybe they wouldn't click on it. Cause they'd be like, I don't want to play Tetris. They think it's a game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or they they like I've never even heard of Tetris, like that review that reviewer. Yeah, like that one guy. Yes. I I think uh, yeah, I, I again, I don't have an issue with changing things for a dramatic effect. I like like they I like my issue is I think the changes that they made yeah. made this a less interesting story than it could have been. Which is uh, which uh, is what uh, yeah. most of the complaints I've seen on Twitter have been is is exactly yeah. that. Having not about, known the original story very well, I was like, okay, mostly my problems were about the structure of the film itself. Where, like, the first half of the movie, I mean, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie is a guy telling you everything, which yes. is wild. And, yeah. like, I can't imagine getting a draft of something in where the first 10 minutes is just, like, the main character being like, okay, here's what happened. And it's not, like, Sorkin dialogue, where, like, the other person is like, the... Wait, the game? No, the game. The game that we're playing when we converse with one another. I don't understand. I thought you were talking yeah. about the game in the min- Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo, it's a Nintendo. Honestly, Janice, I can't believe you. Like, unless it's like that kind of like popcorn <coughs> bullshit. Yeah. Just the guy being like, no, you'll never believe this. I saw the game on the floor of the CES. It, you're right. It is very, it is just kind of like very basic functionary dialogue. By the way, when Heather was improvising that, um, Sor- that uh, a bit of Sorkin dialogue. Uh, her camera turned into a steady cam and just followed her in a loop. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> crazy. That's pretty cool. But so, what was my point here? Oh, so the first half of this movie is surprisingly slow, and then the second half of the movie is like Bridge of Spies, like action movie stuff, where like you got to get out of a room before somebody walks into it, and like. I was sold on the movie using the trailer of the second half of the movie. Uh-huh. I I think that I think that the the second half is stronger. Yeah. I do have some issues with, you know, the production design of the Soviet Union is like the first order 
they're they're just resent they're just yeah. like kind of just saying like this is evil. There's yeah. there's like literally it's like black with red lighting is like a big part of it. It's just I don't know. I, I I'm kind of I may be hypersensitive to that sort of thing, but I feel like there's just like such an anti-Russian strain going on right now. And yeah. It just kind of sucks. It's like what are we doing here? This should be a celebration of uh, of Russia, if anything. Uh, you know, it's, instead of this this anti like we're refighting the Cold War again. Um, but as part of that. The way Alexei uh, Pajitnov is characterized, again, he's, he's kind of like this dour Russian stereotype. I've lived in the same apartment my whole life. But in real life, if you watch like interviews with him, he seems like a smiley, goofy guy. And I guess there's a reading where you could say like, well, yeah, that's after he was exposed to the greatness of American capitalism. But I, I don't know, like if you look at if you if you, I have a quote for him, I'll just I'll just do this. On the other hand, if Pajitnov had retained the Tetris rights and signed a deal typical to those in the United States, he would have earned up to 15 percent of net revenues. Pajitnov would have seen at least $3 million if he was earning the standard percentage of the Soviet government's share. If he had licensed it directly, the number would have been as high as $20 million, perhaps more. Instead, the computer center, this is where he worked, awarded Pajitnov his own personal computer, an IBM AT clone, for which he was grateful since it would have taken him 16 years to be able to buy one on his Academy of Science salary. Wow. Worked for the government. Uh, scroll down a little yeah. bit, uh, and uh, here's the next block of text. It amazed the Pajitnov that Americans couldn't believe he wasn't bitter. This, he came to realize, was one of the key differences between him and most of the people he met in the West, where financial reward was the measure of accomplishment. For me to have my game played everywhere is the greatest thing to know, he says. In 1989, he was called to the telephone at the computer center in, in the Soviet Union to talk to a reporter who was writing a story about Tetris. Every question was slanted to make Pajitnov admit he was resentful, but he told the reporter, I will make my games and send them to you. You can fight over them. So he just has a different value system than we have in America. And the movie doesn't ca doesn't characterize him like that. The movie characterizes him as like this victim, which he never felt he was. Interesting. And in fact, if you look at the creation of this thing, he wasn't creating Tetris out of financial gain, of like like a desire for financial gain. He was creating it out of a passion for uh, you know game design. He was just like, I have this idea. Let me realize it in my my spare time as a hobby. Hey, everyone's gonna play it. He has a different value system, which isn't about just like I want to have as much money as possible. And the only reason to create a work of art is to be able to monetize it. So I, I don't know. Like I, I it's it was a it was a lazy way I feel like to characterize it, where you could have had a really interesting clash of values between Hank Rogers's character and and. Pajitnov's character, and they ultimately end up collaborating and form the, forming the Tetris company company anyway. But it's like I, 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 it just felt like we had to we had to characterize Russians again as like this exploited, oppressed, you know, group of people um, instead of individuals with their own, you know, goals and aims. I, I didn't, I just, I, I didn't love that aspect of it. I, I feel like he's like such, so much more of an interesting guy than he was characterized in the movie. Uh, there's another bit interesting Alexei uh, Pajitnov incident, which I thought was going to be in the movie, and I was surprised it wasn't, which is that when Nintendo of, of America goes over there with Hank Rogers to try and secure the deal, goes to the Soviet Union, they take him out to dinner at a Japanese restaurant in Russia, uh, in Moscow, and he's never had sushi before. And he's just eating little bits of sushi. And he's like, oh, this is fun. This is good. And then he just grabs a glob of wasabi, uh, <laughs> just thinking it's another thing to eat and pops it in his mouth. And just like, you know, just eyes watering, nose running. I don't know. It just felt like, hey, that's a fun little detail. That's something for, to, for him to do. Uh, but no, it's omitted in favor of this uh, weird Imagine Club sequence. Um, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm being too harsh on it. I think a lot of my issues with it is just like the the pacing of it, which like you were saying, Heather, it's it's... It's sluggish in the first half, but also it's like 
it's like try edited in a way where it feels like it's got a lot of forward momentum, except it doesn't just nothing's really happening. And then the second end, it kind of just turns into a weird, you know, weird spy thriller, which, you know, I think they've said uh, Hank Rogers and 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 Alexei Pajitnov have said that, that that's like the least accurate parts of the, the film is the most interesting. Hmm. <laughs> uh, a couple of other things while, while we're, 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 we're nitpicking. There is a goof over Zelda that has been yeah. uh, shared online, been memed. And I think that's it's one of those things where it's just like, to me, that's disqualifying. Like the, the movies lost me at that point where they show like two links uh, from, you know, uh, from like four swords or something like that. And they're just like Link and Zelda. It's like, what? what's no. Like, how did yeah. no, how, how was there no one in the production that was like, hey, how about we show Zelda? Uh, a sleep from Adventures of Link with Link next to her or something like that. I was that. gonna say there's not like any there's like they could pick anything. <laughs> they could have picked anything. Yeah. I think also the footage of Mike Tyson's punch out was uh sort of archaeologically discovered to be just footage from Game Grumps. Oh wow. I so they think? just pulled it from a YouTube video. Yeah. That's a really funny. <laughs> That also speaks to that's the point where Hank Rogers is like getting through to Hiroshi Yamauchi by putting things in his terms by like, it's like Mario and Luigi. It's like the actual Hiroshi Yamauchi, who I will say the the actor looks fucking great in this. Movie. Yes, that's like probably my favorite thing is how much they nailed the look of Hiroshi Yamauchi. But his whole he never played games. He like had like ne- like there's a sequence where he's using a Nintendo controller. They just have they're like magically a, a Famicom port of Tetris has appeared for him to play in his office as a proof of concept. And he's playing it. He never like touched a controller like he's like like he's just that was his whole thing. And so like it's that was part of what was interesting about him as a businessman is that he's oversight overseeing uh, this transformative video game business empire. But he himself had zero enthusiasm or interest for the products. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess there's also like an alternate version of this movie where like they make it about the blocks. Like they just like adapt. They try to adapt. Yeah. Like the game rather than tell the story. Right. L block square. Yeah. T block long boy. They've all got their own sort of vibes. Yeah. Uh, which would have been worse, but maybe it wouldn't have. Who knows? Um, and they all have like thick Russian accents and they're fucking evil. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we hate them. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah. Can we talk about Tetris the game a little bit? Yeah. I'd love to. So, I've played it on the Game Boy. I've played it on the NES. I've played it on uh, Switch. I've played that Tetris 99, which was so fucking good. Oh, I love that. This week, in celebration of this episode... I downloaded the PSVR 2 Tetris. What is it? Tetris Unchained? What the fuck is it called? Tetris Connected. There it Tetris is. Effect Tetris Connected. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Uh, I donned my PSVR 2 helmet. This this game is available on Oculus. I think it might be available for PSVR 1. Uh, uh, your, your VR of choice. And you are submerged into a three-dimensional... 360 playing environment, which evokes the uh, sonic stylings of the game Luminies for the PSP. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also like 1990s 
uh, commercials for like Enya. Yeah. Like you're underwater and there's like a whale flying at you and the music changes every like 20 Tetris lines you clear and so does the environment. And I was playing this game of Tetris, which has two mechanics that are very modern and I'm not a huge fan of because I think they changed the actual game. One is holding a piece. I feel like that goes against the ethos of Tetris itself, which is you deal with the hand you're dealt and that's what makes the strategy compelling. It's like, ah, fuck, I just need a fucking line. Where's my fucking line? Right? Yeah. You can hold the line until you need it. It's, it's less stressful. The other is the instant drop and the highlighting of where your piece fits on the puzzle to uh, activate instant drop. Those two things change the game, make it easier, make it more comfortable, but doesn't feel as Tetris-y as that Game Boy grittiness, that Tetris. But I was thinking as I was playing this game that I wish I could time travel to Alexi and put him in the helmet (laughs) 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 and be like, hey, man, (laughs) this is where it goes. And just, I mean, he'd probably throw up. Like, he'd probably just, like, start screaming or vomiting. Yeah. Because, like, what he'd be experiencing would be magic. (laughs) But, um, I don't know. It was a really... It's also interesting because you're never locked into looking at Tetris in all the other uh, formats that you play it on. Like, if, if you need to look away, you have the freedom of, like, head movement and shit. Right. right. In Tetris Effect, Tetris is always directly in your line of vision in front of you. You cannot look away from Tetris, no matter where you go. That is oddly unnerving when you describe it like that. Yeah, it's like it's like a clockwork orange Tetris experience. Right. Um, but ultimately, extremely good, fun, comforting game. I really enjoyed it. So what what you were saying about the Tetris rules, I believe, and I'm not certain, some of those are enforced now as part of the license from the Tetris company. So like it's it's like if you are going to make a Tetris game, I believe now you have to have the next field that shows not just one, but three or four pieces, whatever it is. I think you have to have the hold. And I'm not sure about the outline, but I think that might at least have to be presented as an option. Um, And you used to have a little bit more leeway in terms of how you were going to present the game. I agree with you. I actually don't like the hold. I like the next only being one box not or only one piece, not four and i i like that being that you can toggle that off because i think that makes it more frenetic uh but i think that the tetris company again hank rogers and and alexey pajitnov uh established and and used to license the game worldwide like i think that's just part of their rules the thing that i find absolutely like astonishing about tetris and i know there are versions of it that are not good right yeah like the uh Virtual Boy version? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the thing about it that I think is so crazy, because I've played Tetris Effect Connected, and I love it. I think it's great. But I've also played, like, the original Tetris. I've been playing the original Tetris recently, yeah. just, like, for the exercise, for the show. I could play that for fucking hours still. 
And it's so basic and it's so... Incredible game. Uh, it's just so simplistic. In, you almost don't need to change anything about it. Like, right? Like, it's, it, the iterations on it are, I think, slight. And in, in the, the effective ones are slight anyway. The ones that try to change too much, like make it 3D yeah. or whatever, is tough. But it's just... You could, you could get stuck playing a game that's 40 years old for hours. And that's really remarkable. I think this is Heather's take, and, I, and I've stolen it, and I, I've internalized it, which is that Tetris is I, the best game ever made. Yeah, the only perfect I think it's game. just the perfect, yeah. the perfect video game. It's yeah. really, you can't, you, there's nothing to adjust. It is, anybody can play it, as demonstrated by my aunt, or a child, or a hardcore gamer. It is... You can't, there's nothing missing from it. It it and it's frustrating because of the kind of game it is. Like I want Fortnite to be the best game of all time, or Street Fighter, or Doom, even. Yeah, sure. But there is a space between actions in those games, which mean that you are not playing but waiting. And Tetris doesn't have those spaces. Tetris is constant flow and constant gameplay, like a like a tube of casserole being pumped into your mouth, and you you can't get away from it. But you love it. But you, you can't. Love you it. don't want it. You're like Homer having the donuts in hell. Yeah, and yeah. and that's what Tetris is, and that's I think what makes it perfect. The only other game I yeah. can think of that might be close is Pong. But Pong is just a yeah. virtual representation of a thing that you can do in real life to some degree, whereas Tetris is not a thing you can do. Pong also has an opponent, and it's not in its in its first form was not AI, so you needed a human to play against. You could not play it single player. Whereas in Tetris, the opponent is yourself. Yeah, it's just like how long can you last doing this task? Yep. God, it's such a good game. It's so yeah. wild to think of a dude. In Soviet being like, what about this? What if I did this? What if what if yeah. I made this? Do we know if I, again I I don't I don't want to we'll go back to heart. Oh, go on, do please, we know finish. if Hank Rogers was the guy who said you should be able to cl clear four lines at once, or was that just invented? <laughs> Absolutely not true. Completely Oof. invented. No, that was part of Alexei's core Yuck. design. Yuck. That I Yuck. that I don't always, always that I don't it. approve of. Fucking take that shit did out. Like take that it all. out. Did not like that at all. I didn't like the, that there were that, you know, again, he was the guy who had the idea to put it on the Game Boy. That, too. Yeah. It's just a, a lot of the stuff they were. It felt if, at a certain point, it felt like the invented cop uh, from the Mark Wahlberg movie about uh, the Boston bombing. Yeah. Where it's just like, wait, they have they just they just invented a composite character who, like, did every heroic thing over the course of a single day um, just so they could make or it a the, Mark Wahlberg Or the vehicle. lady in Chernobyl. Like they were like, mm. you represent like 50 scientists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can find it. There was a there was a passage. There is a passage in this book about how uh, Pejetnov came up with the idea of Tetris, and it's like it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I feel I feel like that could have been depicted. They they have like a hint of it in the movie. There's a point where he just is looking at some blocks in a toy store, and it's just sort of like, oh, was that his inspiration? But it's like it's like two shots. Um. 
But again, yeah, I feel like they they didn't they they kind of sold his character out. Yeah, and they could have they, like I I would have liked to have seen more about him and and his inspiration and like this little dude this dude little um whatever this this uh this quirky dude who loved to was a loved to tinker with his computer and come up with games on his own for people to play. It's yeah. It's just it's just amazing that um when I just I just really stop and think about it like just how long it's endured and how like it'll probably still stand a test of time 20 years from now people will still be like Tetris all timer uh, like a thousand years yeah. from now it's going to be like chess <laughs> oh yeah this for fucking yeah. ever yeah it's a mark like Shakespeare has he made any other games yeah, he actually did make a few, and one of them actually, there's one that he made that I like, is called Hattress, and it's it's one of those things where it's just such a funny follow up to like you know the biggest game uh, at the time of all time is this game where it's about stacking hats. <laughs> um, wait, let's see if we can find an image of it, or maybe some gameplay. Um, it's kind of fun. It's a lot. There's a lot less to it, obviously. Here's here's some of the PC Engine version I'll share with the two of you. So again, kind of, we're hearing the music, it's kind of vaguely Soviet in theme as well. Here we go. So again, you're just stacking heads on, hats on the heads of various characters. That's so funny. And they're falling from the sky. I mean... This is the game Columns. Mmm, yes. It's Columns, it's Burger Time, it's... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Whereas Tetris is Tetris. Yes. God, can you imagine being at Sega and being like, ugh... We gotta, we gotta invent a Tetris, and somebody being like <laughs> jewels, and then what? Jewels. That's what you like more than shapes. Jewels. Yes. Oh, uh, all right. Maybe we should have used this for the opening, but I feel like here, here in the middle of the episode, organically as it's arrived, you guys, you guys love shapes, but have you considered gems, stones? <laughs> Jewels. More more valuable than blocks. It's inarguable. <laughs> if you put if you put a Game Gear next to a tet like a Game Boy playing Tetris, which one are you attracted to? The green and, and black palette <laughs> of shapes or the sparkly allure of jewels? Imagine yourself <laughs> royalty. And somebody has provided you with the game experience that describes your everyday life. It would be jewels. <laughs> but also, I really love columns. So, uh, columns is fun. Yeah. My brother, my 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 brother Nate is like fucking awesome at columns. Just, just was a thing he got super into for a time. I, I also like. I kind of like Doctor Mario. It's not great, but oh, it's sure. kind of fun. And you ever play? You ever mess with like a Puyo Puyo uh, versus Tetris? I feel like that format's really fun. 
we got Puyo Puyo on one side and Tetris on the other. Yeah, I like, I mean, the sort of stacking, stacking similar uh, colored things uh, and clearing lines. Yeah. Always works for me. I like that. That's good. Tetris Attack, which they which had nothing to do with Tetris, uh, but you know Nintendo just had the brand. They made Tetris Attack for Super Nintendo. It's one of the better Super Nintendo games. They've rebranded it now as Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah, that's which good. still fucking rips. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's really good. Uh, I finally found this passage in the in this book. It was several chapters back than where I was. Uh, Pajitnov had read about pentominoes, geometric puzzles designed by an American mathematician named Solomon Galam. The puzzle pieces were formed out of different configurations of five squares: a line, a T, an L shape, and so on. The pieces could be fitted together into a perfect rectangle. In a small toy shop, Pajitnov found a pentomino puzzle. When he removed the dozen pieces from the rectangular case and mixed them up, he discovered that it was a big problem to put them back. He imagined a computerized version of the game in which randomly generated pieces would appear one at a time and with intensifying rapidity. An electronic version of pentomino would require very quick thinking. He envisioned the puzzle pieces plumbing down from computer heaven and the frantic attempt to arrange them. Sitting in front of his computer, Pajitnov experimented with permutations of Pentomino and finally settled on a simple version, with each piece made out of four instead of five squares, from Tetra, a form of the Greek word for four he named the game Tetris. Another thing I think the, the, uh, the movie maybe attributes to Hank Rogers. Um, anyway, there is a theory in psychology that humans can process seven things, plus or minus two at once. Seven digits, seven shapes, seven concepts. It is the reason many people can remember seven-digit phone numbers but have difficulty beyond that. It so happened that seven different configurations of the four squares were possible. Kind of a happy just accident of geometry. Seven Tetris shapes, Pejetnov reasoned, could be memorized and instantly recognized, and the reaction to any one of them could be almost visceral and reflexive. <laughs> to me, all of that, and yes, it's some work to figure out how to realize it, on camera, but that's a solvable problem. To me, that is all that sh that context is so much more interesting yeah. to see and know about than seeing uh, this invented scene where his sons are threatened by the KGB while playing Tetris or while playing a tennis. Rather, yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. I, I think they should have shown Ghislaine in the movie. I would have loved to see Ghislaine <laughs> just as a little nod. Yeah. Settle down, Ghislaine. Daddy has business to do. You're the good one in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I have high hopes for my daughter, <laughs> Ghislaine. Always making friends. Yeah. <laughs> Young and old. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could have beautiful minded that whole segment that you just talked through, Nick. I think it could have been like, him like staring at the ceiling and like looking at pieces in his mind and reforming them. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have, there could have been like almost like a Amadeus, you know, where like it's, he's, he's trying to puzzle out how the game would work and somebody interrupts him and he has no idea what that person is talking about and just sees like a fucking block where the guy's head should be. And you push in on the Eureka moment. You know, totally agree. I, you know, what my suspicion is what? that the sort of a lot of the stuff about the the profit motive came from executive notes because my experience with execs, a lot of them cannot understand the idea of doing something creative for a reason other than financial gain, and like just cannot. It just does not 100%. make sense in their yeah. head. It's like trying to. It's like trying to envision a new color. 
It's like, what are you talking about? Like, what, the only reason to make something is because you can make money off of it. And so I think they were trying, like, probably they were noting it and trying to get it to a point where they could understand it uh, from a lizard pain, brain standpoint of like, you do this thing because then that gives you more resources. But, but Pajitnov clearly, like a lot of people, like, like people who make fan art or like people who write fanfic or like people who produce songs and upload them for free was just in it for the short, sheer joy of creation. And all he cared about was sharing uh, his art with the world. And God bless him for yeah. it, because it's a fucking perfect game. It's kind of like us with the podcast. Yeah, it's a lot like us with the podcast. <laughs> I would not do this if I wasn't paid. <laughs> no, what we're doing is altruistic and, just, and good. Just flat out. I'd be gone. That's not true. That's not true. It's entirely true. Which one is it? <laughs> Uh, should we do a segment? Let's do a segment. Uh, let's do a segment. I feel like, but in the spirit of the old format, we should rate Tetris. Oh, uh, that's oh, a okay. fucking a million. Yeah, maybe. a million out of a million. Yeah, it's yeah, in, infinite. Because you can, it, it's the only game you ever need. Infinity plus one. Yeah, that's my score. It's 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 perfect. And Tetris, we love you, baby. We love you, Tetris. We love you, Tetris. The game. Hank Rogers also a good. Seems like a good dude. He seems so, fucking yeah. awesome. I, I, I like that they that they that it's it seems like the movie characterized him in a pretty wholesome way, but at the very least, um, he's a capitalist with seems great like taste. Dude. Like, yeah, it's like it, being a capitalist is bad, but he was like right about this like very specific thing, and you got to give it up. One hundred percent. Got to give it up. But it's time for a segment. Can Nick and Heather guess the game based on the reviews alone? It's time for blind item reviews. Okay, Blind Item Reviews is a tricky game. Yes. It's not at quite at the challenge dif- uh, level of vague rent store. No. And it has But it is it is difficult. It has a balance issue in the points that I couldn't remember how we decided to fix it. So my fix for it is there are fewer options. There are okay. there are fewer entries and Great. no matter what, you can only get one point. No <laughs> wherever you okay, wherever great. you guess. But it's still so I think it's it's still can be a competitive game this way. Here we go. Here's the first. So as you, if you may, you may recall, I have re- negative reviews, mixed reviews, and positive reviews of some uh, of some games. Uh, you guys have to guess what they are based on the reviews. Here's your first negative review. After hours of useless conversation, wasted time, and unrewarding returns, chances are that blank will start to remind you of your ex-girlfriends. Weiger. Nick. Lots of dialogue, unsatisfying returns. Makes me think Death Stranding. Well, that is incorrect. Heather. Heather, do you have a guess? Persona 5. Also incorrect. Moving on to the mixed review. Okay. Although Blank himself looks good, his bleak environment offers nothing to entertain the eyes or ears while you're waiting for evolution to happen. Okay, although blank looks good, so the the player character, I'm assuming, waiting for evolution to happen. I mean, the ev- evolution has made me think of Pokemon, but I don't think this is a Pokemon. There's got to be another game where that's as an evolution mechanic. Can you read that again? Although blank himself looks good, 
His bleak environment offers nothing to entertain the eyes or ears while you're waiting for evolution to happen. Oof. So saying blank makes the character's name is the title. It's gotta be, right? I don't know. Heather. We were waiting for evolution to happen. Heather. Spore. That's a great guess. That is incorrect, Heather. <laughs> It's a good I, guess. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but it, it's also funny to me that the idea that that would have been the right answer. Yeah. Matt Apodaca be like, holy shit, you got it. Spore. <laughs> Spore. <laughs> I picked something that I have no idea what it is. Spore was a Will Wright game, yep. I believe. De 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 designer of SimCity. And I remember that game being so oh, hyped. Yeah. Like, it's basically like, this game is going to come out and... Uh, like you'll forget every other game that's been released previously. Yep. It's like such a work of art. And then it came out and people were like, oh, this is weird. Um, I got to just take a guess here. I don't fucking know, man. Is it uh, like, is it a big franchise character? No, absolutely not. So this is like a one-off. I think there might be two. There might be two. I think there, there, there is in fact two. I don't think the second one released statewide. Uh, it's Stateside. not going to be this, but I'll guess. I'll guess Okami. That is incorrect. Moving on to the positive review. Heather, you simply need. What's that? Viva Pinata. Fuck! It'd be awesome. If it was Viva Pinata. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I'll give you. you another chance to guess because <laughs> I have to read the clue. Okay. 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 Great. <laughs> You simply need to keep giving blank a few minutes of your time each day. You'll be rewarded with the freak show, the likes of which you've never seen. Oh, Weiger. It's Seaman, right? Seaman. Nick's hey, on the board with one point. Nicely done. Yeah, that's right. You conversate, you're talking with this guy endlessly, and most of the conversations are meandering and go nowhere. I thought that first negative review was actually quite rude. It's funny that Seaman is more progressive than like most conservative states of the United States when it comes to gay rights today. Oh, yeah. Like, Seaman's conversation I had, the, the conversation I had with Seaman about being gay was like, him being like, well, there's a lot of different ways to achieve happiness, and I'm glad you're you're hunting for your own uh, happiness. That being said, it must be very difficult to be uh, a minority. Like, I was like, what the wow. fuck? Seaman would know. Yeah, Seaman would know. You know? Um, here's the next one. Negative. The poor controls, tricky camera, and irritation-filled gaming experience is unfortunately what blank is presented as, and this doesn't deserve to be and this doesn't deserve to be found under too many Christmas trees this year. One more time. The poor controls. Tricky camera and irritation-filled gaming experience is unfortunately what Blank is presented as, and this doesn't deserve to be found under too many Christmas trees this year. The Christmas tree thing is throwing me, but I, uh, but from the first part, I'm going to guess it's Katamari Damacy. That is incorrect. Whoa, Heather. Sonic Heather. 2006. That is incorrect. <laughs> Mixed review. The premise would still be stupid even if Blank didn't suffer from slowdown issues, a non-existent lock-on system, a horrible camera, uh, and bottomless pits in which to fall. 
but it does and it is stupid just like this is a stupid way to spend 50 bucks man bottomless pit. is it a sonic Holy game shit. it's maybe it's not well i can't speak to that okay so it's maybe a part of the sonic franchise is it shadow the hedgehog nick's on the board Two points. This is bullshit. I mean, I feel like I should have gotten like a, a point, like a point one percent of a point. I can't start throwing out points for wrong answers, Heather. I, I don't know what to tell you. I figured out the theme here. By This is games we've covered on the podcast. That's and what, Nick didn't know this? Matt's working with. That's also worth a point. We we covered Sonic. We covered Sonic 06. Yeah, I didn't pick yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I didn't pick it for the game. This is bullshit. We covered a lot of stuff. I think you we, should, picked, we covered Death Stranding too. I won't be able to swing I, for the fences with games like Viva Pinata. We should have covered Viva Pinata. It's a perfect game. We could. We All right, won't. let's do it. Pencil no. it in. Yes? Okay. Let's do it before 32X and Killer 7. Unbelievable. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it on? Is, is Can you get that on the Xbox store right now? Killer 7? I'm guessing you can. Viva Pinata. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you absolutely you can. can. 14 bucks. Yeah. Not bad. It's it's part. It's included with Game Pass. Oh. We should absolutely cover that fucking weird game. All right. Viva Pinata coming soon. Unbelievable. Uh, this is going to be <laughs> a lightning one. <laughs> Heather, you might be able to... Well, you're not going to be able to win. I was going to make this one worth two points. And then the game would just be tied and then it'd be over. Great. Here's a negative review. It's good to see that Blank finally made it past the development finish line, but the race to get there clearly took its toll. Heather. I know what this is. I heard Heather. Duke Nukem Forever. And that's how you play. That was that was going to be my guess. That's how you play Blind Item Reviews, baby. Tied up the game We there. did it. And uh, here's a little message from Duke. My piss is thick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking disgusting, man. I took a shit out of the toilet with my bare hands. <laughs> it's funny that, like, or basically contemporaneous with Duke Nukem was Austin Powers, and Austin Powers' whole thing was like, this sort of archetype is unacceptable. But Duke Nukem was just like, unironically, I'm just a fucking misogynist, like, piece of shit. Yeah. And then they just ran with that indefinitely. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Wait, Duke Nuka. Oh, it's so, so that we're, was it three games there? That was three. We did uh, um, for the games we picked here. We did Seaman, Shadow the Hedgehog, and Duke Nukem Forever. I think that's the order I'd want to replay them. Like Duke Nukem Forever, definitely the one I'd want to replay the least. That game is fucking terrible. Seaman is interesting, and Shadow is not great, but fine. Is it too late to do my Duke Nukem quote that not I came up with? No, please do. My dick's so big, when I run, it touches my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> 200 episodes. 200 episodes. <laughs> we did it. I simply must say... Doing this show with you two, two great collaborators, two great friends, two great hosts, two great entertainers. I feel like a very lucky man to be 
uh, seated here with the two of you, two of the all-time greats. And uh, I appreciate you guys uh, for we're, sticking it out 200 episodes. What? We're lucky to yeah, have we're you, like, Matt. What? And what? I've been, yeah, we're what are you talking about? We're all the about? same. Prisoners. We're all the same. <laughs> I know. I just feel like it, it. I just wanted to state some appreciation for you guys on the on the two hundredth. You know, we do this. I appreciate th that's really nice. I appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. This podcast. Well, we, we appreciate this you, buddy. podcast is an escape room, and none of us have the capacity to solve it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the show. I love you guys. I love our listeners. I love. I love you, Jordan. I love our. Oh like yeah. Like the whole the whole thing is Jordan you know it's rolls. been a it's it's been tough at times but it has never not been rewarding and it's never left me feeling anything but better. Yeah, it's it's a I it's a blast. Honestly, this is this is simple, but I just like having a couple of friends to talk about video games <laughs> with. It's not necessarily something you like when you when you reach a certain age, it's just like yeah, yeah, friend, friends, friends, yeah, friends. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> she brought it back. Also, we should shout out Devin Bryant, yes. who was our uh, engineer for much of the first part of our run, and who did a lot to you know shape the identity of this show. Yes. And uh, we miss him. He's on to, to bigger and better things. Yeah, Devin. You'll never hear with this. The sauce, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, enough with the schmaltz. Let's wrap this fucker up. What do you say? Let's wrap it up. You can find links to our social media in the episode description. Our engineering is by the aforementioned Jordan Duffy. Jordan K. Duffy on Instagram. And also we got Get Animated going. Heather, you're going to be gone for a couple weeks from Get Played, but you'll be with us uh, over on Get Animated, where we're watching Blue That's Lock. That's true. I don't know when this episode airs, so I have no idea what episode we're on for Blue Lock, but it might be somewhere in the 20s. We're watching Blue Lock, the sports anime that is actually an action anime, but designed to be a sports anime. And we're absolutely loving it. And when, when I come back from my two-week break, uh, I will be excited to join the boys on a new series, which we have, or movie, which we have not yet announced. Yeah, I haven't figured that out yet. But we are enjoying Blue Lock, and you can enjoy it along with us at Stitcher Premium about a month after release, or get fresh episodes at patreon.com slash getplayed. And you guys, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like we should all say it. All together? How would we do that? So you would just go one, two, three, and then you say it. Here's the thing. It's not a good idea. Let's try it. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> one, two, one, two wait, three, <laughs> three. Fuck, we got played. Oh, no. 